Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. The parent is supposed to take all of what they know and pour those resources into the subordinate and make them better than they ever could be. Isn't that the greatest gift you could offer? What's the same with management? Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from Clear and Open. When hiring, we usually look for critical qualities that can't be trained, or at least are very difficult to. Sometimes we unconsciously hire people who are less than capable than us because we feel threatened, or we hire people who have the skills that we could train for, but that we just don't really want to. Ideally, we should hire those who could become equal to or better than us, but just haven't been managed well enough to get there yet. Candidates can sense if you have their interests and goals and evolution in mind, and it's often what they really want when looking for a role, even more than money, even though they might not realize it. And even though you may not realize it, it's what you really should want as well. If you want responsibility, you need to access the self-interest in people. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Let me talk about just some general hiring mistakes. I'm going to start in as much content as I can and give you some things that you can really act on. Uh, And then toward the end, I'll go more into context. But some of the most common hiring mistakes. First of all, let me say is, is another sort of overarching piece here. Please just take on the idea, a, a, a preliminary hypothesis. Take on the possibility that you're, you're hiring quite badly. Just take on that idea. You'll learn so much more. Most people do. I, I know probably because I know ABC pretty well. Most of you at one point were probably financially managing quite badly, weren't you? And then you learned financial management and it was like, whoa, this is like a whole new world. I, I don't know how I was managing my business before I was doing this. Hiring, I mean, with financial management, once you get much past like a million dollars, you've got to figure it out or you're gone. With hiring, though, you can get on for quite a lot of time without figuring out hiring. And you can go in the same circles uh, up to, I'd say, I don't know, 15, 20 million dollars from what I see. Around 10 million dollars, you've really got to figure out hiring. And I'm pretty sure uh, most of you are not there yet and maybe don't need to, but you get the point. You you can get on, you can you can make it work and hire quite badly. So consider that that's what you're doing because that's what I see in 99% of, of business owners. And this is certainly not your fault, right? Because there was not a semester in high school or college where it's like, here's how you interview people. Here's how you get to know someone. Here's how you find out information from people that they don't want to tell you. 
No one's ever taught you how to do this, most likely. So why would you know how to do it? This is not your fault at all. However, it is unfortunately your responsibility. And such is life, right? We're usually put in situations where we don't have the tools and we have to figure it out. So uh, that's too bad, but that's life. So some common hiring mistakes. Doing too much of the talking is probably, uh, on the interviewer side, is probably number one. If you're finding yourself selling the job or doing really any more than like 70% of the talking, or even more than, how do I say this? The candidate should be doing 70 to 80% of the talking. If you're doing most of the talking, you're probably selling the job to them. And you are, like they say in negotiation, you are upside down. If you are selling the job to them, you're not interviewing, you're selling. And what you're actually doing is convincing yourself that they're a good fit without actually getting to know them at all. So don't sell the job. They should be sold on the job before they interview. So where that should happen is in the job ad. The job ad, whether it's, I mean, almost said the newspaper. Does anybody advertise in the newspaper for job ads? I don't think so. Craigslist or monster jobs or whatever. Whatever you're advertising, that ad has to be a really compelling pitch. And most of the ads that I see look kind of like the old newspaper ads, like as if you were paying by the word. You know, this is the pay and this is what you do. And these are the benefits. And here's the phone number. Fax your resume. Does anybody fax resumes anymore? Show how old I am. Um, so the, the ad, the job ad is a huge missed opportunity to sell the job and also to qualify the candidate. So before you even post the job ad, you want to get clear about the kind of person that you're looking for and craft the ad in such a way so that it will draw those kinds of people in and disqualify the people you don't want. Now, in order to do that, you have to have a pretty strong sense of what your culture is and the values of your business, because that's ultimately what you want to be doing is hiring for values. If you don't know your values, and most people do not, other than a handful of superficial, unexamined words, if you don't know those values, then you can't hire for them. What are the values that define your workplace in a way that's unique, in a way that's actually different than your competitors or any other workplace? Because you as an employer are competing for labor. You're competing for people. Those people have decisions and you want people who want to work for you, with you. So how do you find those kinds of people? Well, the first thing I would say is this idea of how to find good people. That's the complete wrong question. You've got to put that question completely out of your mind. There are no good people out there waiting to be found who, uh, who are looking for jobs. The really, quote, good people already have jobs or they work for themselves. So the, the idea that you're going to find some diamond in the rough, some undiscovered talent, someone who's just ready to go and has the perfect attitude and all the right skills, it, that's a unicorn. Now, you may occasionally come across those kinds of people, 
But that creates a bigger problem because if you occasionally come across one or two of those, you'll be looking for more and there aren't any. So stop looking for unicorns. Create them. That's what a manager does. The supervisor thinks that the person should already know how to do the job and have the right attitude and all that before they're even hired. Well, how are they going to do that if they've never had a really great boss? And that's where you come in. Are you a really great boss? Do you deserve to have an A employee, an A player? Because A players don't work for B managers. They don't. They just don't. And if if you have some A players in your workplace and you have a lot of B and C players that are not getting held accountable and not developing, those A players will just leave. Because A players want to be managed. They want to grow as people. They want to get better. They may not be able to put words to it, but they want to evolve. And they intuitively get that every moment of their life is an opportunity opportunity to do that. So that's who you want to hire or create. They may be A players in capacity, but not yet in expression. They may not be able to, in other words, show up as an A player, but they have the capacity. So you're hiring for capacity, not expression. And that's a content versus content thing. So what you want to hire for, it's another common mistake. You want to hire for what you cannot train. What most people do is they hire for what they can train, but don't want to. And that's a training program thing and a skill thing. And so all things being equal, if you could hire someone with a great attitude and is a lifelong learner and is motivated for their own career goals and five years from now doesn't want to work in your company versus someone who has experience in that role but is not a lifelong learner and is stuck in their ways and wants to be working for your company 10, 15, 20 years from now, which would you hire? Most people are drawn to the candidates who check off the boxes of, okay, this is this person's going to stay around a long time. They have some experience doing the actual task. And those are the not, not the things you want to hire for. Because someone who wants to be in the same position in your company for longer than a few years, I mean, do you want that person in that position? Their life is going nowhere. They have no ambition. But it's tricky because if you're not good at hiring, then turnover looks like a really bad thing to you. And someone skilling out of a job is a threat. So if you were to hire someone and pour a lot of energy and training and evolution into them, such that 10 years later, they have the skills and abilities and consciousness to be able to run their own business. How does that land for you? Is that a problem? You see, do you want them to become who you are, better than who you are? Do you want them to exceed where you've gotten to? See, most employers, consciously or not, they don't want that. They don't want that. There's a... Um, Alexander Ogilvie quote that I'll try to paraphrase, paraphrase here. He was one of the quote fathers of advertising. 
He said, if we, what if we hire people, hire people smaller than us, then we'll create a company of dwarfs. If we hire people greater than us, we'll create a company of giants. That's what you want. You want to hire people who are destined to do better things than even you are, but just can't yet because they don't have the training. But are you secure enough as a manager to hire someone who is maybe not more skilled, more conscious, smarter than you are now, but will be with the right training and the right attention? Most people won't. This is the same reason why most parents still treat their adult children like they're teenagers, because they can't handle the fact that their kids are bigger and better than they are, even though the parents would say they want that, but they don't actually act that way. I'm sure all of you have experienced that. Have you experienced your parents treating you like child, like a child? That's why they're doing that, because they're so insecure, they can't handle the idea of their subordinate becoming greater than they are. But that's exactly what the job is, right? The parent is supposed to take all of what they know and pour those resources into the subordinate and make them better than they ever could be. Isn't that the greatest gift you could offer? What's the same with management? That's what you want to do. And when you do that, the candidates can feel it. They feel cared about. They feel even loved, inspired. They feel like their life is going somewhere. They feel like they're becoming someone they've always wanted to become. And this, the management consulting studies show, is what people actually want, especially the younger generations. The millennials, last I checked, were a third of the workforce. They're only going to become more and more and more. And these people care more about their own evolution than money. And if you think that people work for money, you are in an illusion. Because they don't. They don't work for money. They work for what money can get them. And you don't know what they want that money to get them until you get to know who they are. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.